you know, birth, birth is the, the utmost of the feminine force, you know, when I was talking earlier about the yin and the yang, it's like the feminine is wild, you know, birth is a wild, wild teacher. She, you know, she doesn't fall in any of our expectations, you know, whatever we think it's going to be, it's going to be something different. Um, so she really, she pushes us to grow and to learn and to accept. And I feel like, you know, in a similar way, like that's life. We, you know, we can never really know what's coming around the next turn. You know, we get, we get comfortable. Um, but we truly, you know, if we can release expectation, I think we can grow a lot. And when I think about, um, preparing for the unknown, what I think about that's helped me in my, you know, in my exploration of this work is learning how to stay present with, um, with the chaotic nature of life. Welcome to the happy home birth podcast, your source for positive, natural childbirth stories and your community of support, education, and encouragement in all things home birth and motherhood. heck is a rite of passage and why does this matter in regards to birth? Hey there, happy home birthers, and welcome to episode 122 of the Happy Home Birth Podcast. I'm your host, Caitlin Fusco, and this week we are speaking with Rachel Jean, a home birth midwife and birthright enthusiast. In this episode, we delve into the meaning of rites of passage, why they're important, how to reclaim birth as a rite of passage, and how to prepare for birth through healing. Immediately, I can tell you this will be an episode you're going to want to save and listen to a couple of times. I am so excited for the wisdom that Rachel brought to this conversation. Now, before we jump in, I'd love to take a moment to thank our reviewer of the week, Danny Wannies, who said, made me feel prepared for birth. Literally, this podcast was a huge part of what encouraged and inspired me for my at-home birth. Thank you for bringing together so many positive stories of home birth. What a gift. Thank you, Danny Wannies, for such a lovely review. If you would email me at caitlin at myhappyhomebirth.com, I would love to send you a Happy Home Birth podcast sticker. And hey, if you get a moment, would you stop on over to Apple Podcasts and leave a hopefully five-star rating and perhaps even a review if this podcast is helping you on your home birth journey? It means so much to me, and it's also just an incredible way to support the show and get it into the ears of more mothers like yourself. Alrighty, my friends, let's head into this interview. Please remember that the opinions of my guest may not necessarily reflect my own and vice versa. And although Rachel is an incredible midwife, continue to see your own doctor, midwife, or if you're like me, your chiropractor. Rachel, thank you so much for coming on the Happy Home Birth Podcast. Thank you so much, Kaylin. I'm so excited and honored to be here. Oh, I am so excited about this interview. Just talking before we started recording, I felt immediately, this is exactly what my listeners need. Like this is what they've been saying without us. We've been talking around this subject. And now today we are going to talk on the subject. So before we start talking about births as a rite of passage and what all that entails, would you just take a moment to introduce yourself to the listeners? Absolutely. So my name is Rachel Jean, and I am a home birth midwife in rural Maine. I've been practicing and studying midwifery since 2012 um, and moved back to Maine several years ago to really forge my own path and start to feel into 
who is the midwife that I want to be? And it's been such a revealing journey. Um, my background that led me into midwifery is in ceremony work um, and very spiritually focused, uh, sort of like, this is going to be my service to humanity. This is like my dharmic path. Um, so it's been this uncovering of really tuning into like learning to practice in a way that resonates with my soul and really not trying to conform to what I had been taught, um, which has been challenging, but also very powerful and revealing. <laughs> oh, that is so interesting. And I would love to, as we go further, kind of talk about the, the comparison and contrast of what that has kind of looked like in your practice. Um, but for us to start off, I feel like it, it makes sense for us to kind of lay this groundwork. Now we're talking about births as a rite of passage, but as we were saying before we even began recording, so many people don't even know what that means or what that looks like, why that would be important. Could you just give us like a foundational level explanation of rites of passage and how birth is one and why that's important? Absolutely, Caitlin. So in the days of old, um, rites of passage were a normal social and cultural event that joined communities together, that gave people um, context for their roles in life. So some of the, I was researching African rites, and I think that they had listed five, and the five were birth, puberty, marriage, eldership, and death. So you can see that those are really potent transitions for people um, moving through their life. And when, when these types of rights are celebrated and integrated into the social and cultural fabric, it gives people the ability to um, not only prepare for the transition in, in terms of like what they're becoming and have more support from people who have gone through those transitions, it helps them to feel celebrated, um, it gives them the preparation that they need to feel that they can take on this new role without being overwhelmed by it or maybe not honored by it. Um, and so in terms of birth, I mean, my witness of watching families welcome new beings onto the planet is just so powerful and watching um, what the babies are bringing in. Because if you think about what I just shared about those five rights, not only does our culture not have a lot of ways, like we have graduations and weddings and they're a little bit watered down, but some of them, you know, not to take away from people's experiences are really powerful. Um, but what I've been noticing is that there isn't a very strong marker of adulthood. So it's hard for people to feel like they're stepping into this role and, you know, being honored by their elders and being honored by those who have walked before. Uh, we have the baby shower, which is sort of a watered down um, you know, celebration of pregnancy. But really what I kept watching was that women were being faced with these parts of themselves during labor that were so powerful, like completely being, you know, meeting their maker, meeting, you know, this parts of themselves that were unhealed or unresolved. And that those moments, those choice moments, had they been properly prepared, could have been the most powerful transformational moments of their life, preparing them to meet a new child. We also have the birth of the baby, which is another rites of passage that's happening, which totally takes into account that there are two beings that are going through a very powerful tran transition in terms of, you know, their relationship to life. Um, and it just amps up uh, the powerfulness of that moment by acknowledging that not only is a mother changing into a new role, you know, maybe she didn't have a child before she was a maiden, she's turning into a mother and then being honored by 
by that and for that, as well as the child is moving from the unseen realm into the earth plane, which is just, it's, you know, it's marvelous. So it has a lot of deep, deep meaning. And I feel like if people receive the preparation on the spiritual level and the emotional level and the mental level for that, instead of just being treated as like this sort of humdrum medical event that, you know, is all about symptoms, um, it can be just so profound for them in terms of how they embody and integrate what that story was like for them and how that's going to serve them as they step into their parenting roles. Oh, I'm just like rocking back and forth with chills right now. <laughs> Yay. That makes so much sense. And it really makes me wonder, I'd love to hear your perspective of what happened. So it sounds like, you know, culturally across the globe, we all had these different ways of experiencing these rights, but probably each culture had similar, you know, traditions around them. And birth was one of the big events. What happened? Like, why, why is it gone? And how are we going to bring it back? <laughs> I mean, I have my own theories. I don't want to go too far off on this, but I do feel like, and I don't know how you resonate with this or your listeners, that we are moving back into um, a balance between the masculine and feminine. And when I say this, I'm not talking about men and women. I'm talking about like the yin and yang energy that exists within all humans. And I do feel that we've been living in an unbalanced and patriarchal um, expression of sort of the way that those energies move. And in that way, I think a lot of the, um, the subtle arts and the magic and the, the unseen, um, emotional qualities of life were really kind of pushed down. Like you think about the witch burnings and that's a huge part of the history of midwifery. Um, I just don't think there was space for it in the industrial development. And it just wasn't, uh, it wasn't a value of society. I feel like in terms of production and engineering and, you know, making technological advances, I think these things just naturally ebb and flow in and out of balance. And that, that went to the, the back. And, and now I feel that it is emerging and people are becoming um, more interested in, in these things because there is a balancing and a moving back towards these feminine qualities of valuing, um, the unseen valuing, uh, tradition and cultural. I mean, we see it in, all of the um, social structures that are just sort of crumbling around us, that there's just this reemergence of something that we, we all kind of remember or maybe think is important, but we haven't had a lot of space for in our technologically advanced kind of craze, I would say. But I mean, this is just a theory. You don't have to agree with me. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's fascinating. And, and I like how you mentioned, we kind of have these, these little events that we've put in place or not in place necessarily, but watered down versions, the idea of, you know, the baby shower, like, yes, we get that this is a, a massive shift and a massive transformation, but we're kind of missing the mark on how we celebrate and the level of preparedness, which I think that people of course are beginning to notice in childbirth, like, Hey, we're not really prepared for this, <laughs> you know? Exactly. Yes. And, and that's why I think that home birth is clearly seeing a resurgence. I'm sure, you know, I remember my midwife uh, who I apprenticed under just talking about how even in her, you know, 12, 15 years of practicing the amount of, of mothers who were interested in home birth, just, it was just, it exploded. 
And so we're clearly coming back more to this idea of community birth and recognizing the importance of individualized care. So absolutely. Yes, I agree. How do we, how do we begin to prepare ourselves for this rite of passage? Obviously this is hugely important to you and you've seen so many families go through this. So how, what do you think the best ways for us to prepare are? Well, I hope this isn't disappointing for you or your listeners, but I actually think it's about, it's about healing. Um, when we talk about that disparity of, you know, moving into medicalized birth and just sort of the history of birth and how it really was in some ways robbed from women. Um, you know, we talk, I don't know if you guys know about the twilight sleep. They used to, you know, they used to like pin women down and put them under, under drugs. And this is like our grandmother's age and, you know, whip, women were not really given an opportunity to experience the power of birth. It was really taken away from them. And that's why, you know, the midwives went underground and now we're moving back towards like, people are like, wait, this is my body. This is my pregnancy. Like I want to, I want to do this my way. And I don't want to necessarily be told, you know, how to birth or what position to birth in. Um, So I feel like we are moving back into balance and the need here is to heal the past of what was taken um, and also heal our wounds. So the main goal of my work is to go back through our childhood and basically, you know, uncover the ways that we have come to maybe suffer in our life. Um, and I know that that doesn't sound appealing, but the benefits of going in and doing this work and the implications of how it impacts child rearing and parenting is so profound because I know for me and a lot of the people that I'm talking to, um, you know, our parents did the best that they can, but having been passed down intergenerational trauma, you know, through the ages, I do feel like at this time we're being asked to heal the wounds of the past and to stop passing on these unconscious, um, wounding patterns to our children, because they are asking us, these new ones coming in are asking us to step up and create a better world for them to live in so that they can move us forward in our evolutionary process. Yes. And I think that you touched on one of the massive reasons that we do have so much to heal. This idea of of birth being taken away from women of our grandparents' generation and And it's continued, obviously, you know, I think of my mom in the nineties when she, she had me and my brother in the very early nineties. And she was, she had, had C-sections for no medical reason. You know, these things have been passed down in different ways. And it's so unfortunate when there's no necessity for these things, they're happening. And then bonding is just massively interrupted. And how that affects motherhood, not just in the moment, but continuously. Absolutely. And that is what I saw. It was like my training, you know, I was trained as a home birth midwife and I got to apprentice with midwives. But what I basically kept seeing was that there was still a disempowerment happening with the complex of like, my midwife is my doctor and she's going to make it right for me. And I kept showing up at prenatals and going through the motions of taking blood pressures and just sort of doing what I was taught. And then I was showing up at the birth and I was feeling like a, a missed opportunity of like, what could we have done with this prenatal time? So that in this moment now, when there's these massive pieces coming up that the, the mother's being asked to look at and work through in her labor, that she would feel more equipped. 
Um, so, you know, I feel really passionate about it because I see how it's changing my relationship to birth um, and to being present with families and their level of empowerment so that when they go into this home birth situation, you know, they're not expecting that I'm going to make it happen for them. They're coming in, you know, having done all this work and feeling like whatever this journey is going to be, is going to be for me. Right. Yes, exactly. And that idea of taking on the responsibility, taking it's, and it's not just responsibility, it's taking on the experience and, you know, this concept that I go back to in Happy Home Birth Academy again and again is this idea that, you know, this is yours. This is not your midwife's birth. This is nobody else's birth. Nobody cares as much as you do. They can't, right? Like exactly. they can't. Yep. <laughs> and so when we take on the responsibility, if we don't take it on, we're just leaving it there for, you know, somebody else to grab or nobody to grab. How, how disempowering, but the, the situation is going to happen. Either way, we can choose to be the massive force in it and and appreciate the experience or not. And I so agree with the fact that it doesn't start at labor's onset. We have to do this way before. We have to make this conscious decision. So you are saying, you know, your midwifery training versus how you're practicing now is kind of different. And it sounds like you're really focusing on that you know, sharing with your clients that like, Hey, this is your thing. I'm going to support you in your thing. What does that look like? And can you go in a little bit more about how that compares to kind of the, what you had learned perhaps when you were training in midwifery? Absolutely. Yeah. I'd be happy to, um, over time, you know, noticing that gap, um, arriving at labor and, you know, it's such a powerful force labor and the mystery is so strong during those moments. Um, seeing, I, I had mentioned it before women meeting parts of themselves for the first time, um, or really interfacing with their subconscious or unconscious, maybe fears or resentments, or, um, just the things that kind of live in the shadows in labor was actually just completely like throwing women off to the point where, you know, maybe they ended up going to the hospital, even though they didn't want to, or didn't have to, um, watching that happen over and over again, I saw that there was this huge missing piece of the psychological, the spiritual and the emotional missing from my training. So, you know, normal midwifery care, we do a lot of like, you know, I'm going to put my little finger quotes up informed choice, which is great. Um, it does feel like a little bit of um, a medical sub in because, yes, we are offering them options. We are educating them. But to truly empower people, you give them a topic and have them really get educated about it. They can talk to you about it. It doesn't have to be the only thing that you do in a visit. Um, what I think is, you know, what I'm adding into my care is that we go through the, the modules of my course while they receive midwifery care and the modules focus on relationship to mother, relationship to father, relationship to inner child. And then we explore five wounding patterns that are related to the elements, which is where the name elemental birthrights comes from. Um, and these five wounding patterns are, um, there's a book by Stephen Kessler called the five personality types. Um, and he breaks down these five core personality types um, and they become defense patterns and we all dabble in all of them. It's all normal. Um, 
So I go through and we basically take inventory of where a mother and fathers participate too. They'll, they'll do the work as well, which is really powerful. Um, we go into that stuff and they work on and do earth-based rituals to transmute some of the pain um, and issues that they've had with how they were parenting, not as a way to blame their parents, but as a way to acknowledge what they want to take and pass on to their, their child and what things that they'd like to leave behind that were hard for them. Um, so it's really a, it's a process of reparenting yourself and learning to have a level of self-awareness where you know how to be present with yourself. You know how to be aware of your needs. You know how to communicate. You learn all these tools to basically be the best possible parent for yourself and then that extends outward to your child because you're you're healing the ways that maybe you know there was some issues or challenges on that level and then you're able to be a better parent because you're more available to um to the presence of your own patterns um so that they don't have to unconsciously play out in your parenting hey mamas let me interrupt this amazing conversation for a few quick moments to share some great news i have a free class waiting for you Home Birth Mythbusters, the five myths you need to bust to have a happy home birth. It's my free gift to all of you who are considering home birth, planning your 15th home birth, or are just curious to know more about what this is all about. Head to myhappyhomebirth.com forward slash mythbusters to select a time that works for you and get started. You'll gain access to not only this incredible free masterclass, but you'll also be given access to sign up for Happy Home Birth Academy and an incredible bonus stack of resources. So wait no longer, head to myhappyhomebirth.com forward slash mythbusters and reserve your seat today. Okay, back to our discussion with Rachel. Mm, yep. And it seems like sometimes it, it can be so much easier to just ignore it, you know, like oh, how easy is it to just ignore these situations, press them down, press them down, and then you get this beautiful new being in your family and and they're unresolved. So what's going to happen? We're just going to play them out to our child so unintentionally, just as certainly our parents were unintentionally doing it to us. I love that you put such an emphasis on taking time to be aware of what has happened, what's transpired, and really understanding ourselves so that we're not passing on without any knowledge. You know, we know where we are, we know what the what our current issues are, and how to not push that upon our new baby. Exactly. And I, I really have a unique perspective on babies. I feel that they are truly master teachers. Mm -hmm. I really do feel like they come from the other side and they know how to push every button you know, of their parent, because they literally are made of the same DNA and the same genetic, you know, coding um, in such a way where whatever unresolved stuff you have, they are going to mirror that for you. You can anticipate that. And when we start talking about that in pregnancy, it really shifts the awareness of like my baby. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. oh, my baby is coming down. It's like, no, um, this baby is, uh, gonna, you know, yes, it's yours. You are having it, but it's going to teach you beyond your wildest dreams and open <laughs> your heart in ways that you couldn't anticipate. Um, I'm sure that you would have your own experience to share about that as a parent, but, um, I just really feel like if we can set parents up to have these conversations, it helps them integrate the shock of even just postpartum, um, 
and, and the immensity of breastfeeding and the time that it takes and the challenges just to be real and authentic about the process of becoming a parent and, and the responsibility, you know, ahead of time is just, it's so profound. Mm, Yes. Instead of this focus on, okay, what, you know, what bassinet are we going to, to get for our baby? Like the, which is so, can be so fun, but, you know, really nailing down the deep, deep depths of parenthood, how massive and what better gift can you give the next generation than to truly heal yourself so that they have, you know, such a, a safe place to thrive. I agree. And I, you know, I think it's great. And, you know, consumerism for people is fun. And I feel like that's sort of where we've shifted. And, you know, you can still have fun shopping for a bassinet when you do healing work. Like I like to really bring this down to the ground and make it really like accessible because it it does sound scary. Um, But, you know, you don't have to do one or the other and shopping for a bassinet is fun. And so do that and do this. (laughs) Yes. I love that. I love that. Now, one thing that I would love for us to kind of touch on is kind of weighing two different sides of a coin, I guess. You know, there's this idea that we need to focus on this preparation. It's it's obviously important. It's been culturally important. We can see that this was important uh, ancestrally. So we know that we we want to prepare, but we also know that we cannot control the outcomes of our birth. How do we weigh these two things and kind of accept that? That is such a great question. I love that. I mean, that is the heart of my work. I'm, it's just, you know, birth, birth is the, the utmost of the feminine force. You know, when I was talking earlier about the yin and the yang, it's like the feminine is wild, you know, birth (laughs) is a wild, wild teacher. She, you know, she doesn't fall in any of our expectations, you know, whatever we think it's going to be, it's going to be something different. Um, so she really, she pushes us to grow and to learn and to accept. And I feel like, you know, in a similar way, like that's life. We, you know, we can never really know what's coming around the next turn. You know, we get, we get comfortable. Um, but we truly, you know, if we can release expectation, I think we can grow a lot. And when I think about, um, preparing for the unknown, what I think about that's helped me in my, you know, in my exploration of this work is learning how to stay present with, um, with the chaotic nature of life. Mm-hmm. Um, so this work and going through these, these modules and, and looking back into the past about things that have been challenging, when we start to unpack it and see the ways that we're sort of programmed to, re- to react and we can get a little bit of spaciousness between our reactions to maybe disappointments or things not going the way that we had hoped, and we start to learn our patterns, we get spaciousness so that we can actually make a choice about how we want to respond. And that little, that, that is the gift of self-awareness is when we have that spaciousness, we get a, we get a true option and we can decide, okay, uh, maybe I didn't want to go to the hospital but I truly am seeing how this is going to serve me. And I'm not the victim of this unfolding. Um, that's a huge part of this work is like kind of breaking down the structure of the vin- victim mentality. I really like to imagine that the birth story is this incredible wild uh, gift that comes you know, through in the reality of the experience that each mom carries with her through her whole life. And like you were saying, like it's the most important thing to her 
Like, mm-hmm. and it's, it is very important to her and it's very relevant to her, her journey on this planet. Um, so having that little bit of spaciousness to see, well, why am I making this decision to go to the hospital? Is it out of fear? Am I afraid? Do I have any tools to work with fear? Yes, because I worked with elemental birthrights and we've been working with fear this whole time. Um, so it's really just about reprogramming how you respond to messages, uh, respond to messages from within um, to have more of a choice to make a choice instead of just, oh my God, this happened to me. My midwife sent me to the hospital. I got a C-section. Everything happened to me. It's like, even if you do end up with that beautiful home birth, but you feel like your husband was chattering and you feel angry that, you know, he didn't catch the baby when he said he was going to, it's like really breathing in that everything that's happening is happening for us rather than to us. We are actually co-creating with spirit and with, you know, the energy of birth, this story that is for us. And hopefully if we can wrap our minds around it and integrate it properly, will serve us as we move forward. Rachel, I love you. I love you too. This is such a great conversation. And and everything that you just said, it's like, it's, oh, it's what I've been trying to get across. And you did it so perfectly. Number one, the idea of, I am not a victim of my birth and we have to prepare for that. You know, we, there has to be preparation so that we are not feeling like a victim of our birth, no matter how it goes. And that actually was just discussed on a podcast um, with another midwife who was, she was the midwife to her daughter. And she went into the room and said, you know, whatever is about to happen, whatever choice you're going to make, this is, this is the truth. You are not a victim of your birth. And it was just this, intense feeling of, yes, like you have the opportunity right now to step outside a little bit, step outside of yourself, acknowledge the situation and realize that you are in the power seat, no matter what you choose. So I'm so glad that this is coming back around because it is such a vitally important topic. And I even think back to my own birth where it was uh, pretty precipitous and I had done all of this preparation. I was so excited for birth and I knew, you know, my goal was I'm going to be present with every single moment. I'm going to be present. And when those contractions started so intensely, I remember being like, whoa, this is overwhelming. Oh, this is one of those overwhelming births. that's going to go so, so fast and I'm not going to be able to catch up. And in that moment, I thought, wait, if you have time to have this thought, then you have time to step back, acknowledge that this is going to be whatever type of birth it's going to be and be in every moment of it. So, oh, wow. Good for you, girl. It's just such a it's so beautiful to hear it from a midwife's perspective, from, you know, from someone who sees these births, all types of different births again and again and for you to be able to come through and say like look, you have the opportunity to prepare in a way that empowers you no matter the outcome. It's just, that is so powerful. I agree. And I feel like it's a gift, like in terms of going back to the rites of passage, it's the gift that we need to give back, you know, as, as birth keepers, um, back to women because they deserve to love their birth story, no matter what, because that is, that is the thing that they, they care so much about 
that will carry them through as a parent um, and hopefully give them sense of hope and confidence um, to believe in themselves because it isn't always easy. Mm-hmm. Right. Now, I would love to hear what you think of, you know, so we we have this incredible, intense experience of birth. What happens next? How do we kind of tie up loose ends or how do we how do we transition into that phase of motherhood postpartum? That is such a great topic. We're actually, um, I have a team of two other midwives I work with and we're actively writing some postpartum modules where we're going to be weaving in um, a lot of the things that we're planting in the early modules into these sort of reflective eight modules that sort of leak out for mothers to integrate their experience because we work a lot with the symbolic, um, really into altar building, um, as well as maintaining an altar throughout the coursework as a living workbook to ground in these sort of etheric, you know, um, concepts onto a physical space in your home to help you to remember the work that you're doing. Um, and then when we move into motherhood, we don't actually need the symbolic anymore. And I know for a lot of moms, you know, the idea of making an altar, they're like, well, I don't have time to do that. And, you know, that's not part of my practice. It's like, that's okay. Because it is this, the sacredness within mothering itself is so potent that you don't need the symbolic anymore. And the simple act of breastfeeding your baby, that is the ritual. And it's just about how you think about it. So it's just weaving back in that self-awareness and that presence so that when women are relating to sort of the journey of becoming a mother, they see that the spiritual work is in, is in the relationship of mother to child. It's in the relationship of mother to father. It's in the relationship of holding that role. Um, and just by eating food, which nourishes their baby, that's a sacred act. So it's like really about bringing in this yin quality of nourishing the self and creating spaciousness to perceive these moments of semi-overwhelm of like, oh my God, I'm so tired. Um, I've been breastfeeding, cluster feeding through the night and my baby just isn't sleeping. It's like, okay, just like you had that moment in your birth where you were like, I'm going to be present. We weave that presence back into mothering and then it, it becomes a spiritual act. It's all we need to do is just add in that intention of like, what am I doing right now? This is so powerful. I am literally creating the sustenance that my baby needs and requires to live. And I am transferring that through my body. Like what? (laughs) That's incredible. (laughs) That is such a good point. And you're right. I feel like it's just that, that level of presence that adds so much to our experience instead of just going through the motions that actual experiencing each moment. It's, it's so powerful. It is. And I just, one of the things that I feel really committed to is honoring. I feel like in terms of, you know, reclaiming pregnancy and birth as a rites of passage, which is sort of my little MO, it's about honoring the mother. It's about honoring the father. It's about honoring the child. Um, I really feel like, you know, through the industrial, you know, the whole thing we talked about and the imbalance and why we need the healing, one of the major things that has been lost is this sense of honoring. And in presence, we get a chance to really acknowledge what we've been through, acknowledge our challenges and our struggles and how we've come up through them and how that in turn nourishes us to be in these roles, to be doing this this beautiful act of parenting, to be doing this beautiful act of laboring. I mean, it is hard. Laboring is hard, you know, no matter how you go about it, it just, it really pushes your psyche but it's a beautiful offering. And if you just 
change that honoring and bring that honoring in. It's like honoring the mother for going through that, honoring her for facing herself, honoring her for, for choosing to bring this child through her body, honoring the father for creating a container. Um, that's a huge part of, of something that I feel really passionate about um, for families because it really is a lost art. And I feel like parents need to be honored. They need to be recognized for the beauty of their role because that's what creates humans and that's what creates our social fabric and that's what creates healthy communities and a healthy world. So really bringing back um, this sort of you know, repping and lifting up of the family structure and how sacred it is. Oh man. Yes. I love that so much. And one of the things that I'm just kind of thinking on as you're speaking is the idea of these rites of passage and how there's several of them throughout life, you know, this idea of birth and puberty and then giving birth and, you know, so on. I feel like they serve as such great reminders. I'm thinking of birth, of course, specifically, but it, it serves such a great reminder of the, it's like the, the microcosm of life. You know how you mentioned like, yeah, birth is wild, but so is life. Like this is, this is exactly the reminder. It's like a, it's a, it's life all in one event to remind us, Hey, everything is always like this. You know, it's, it's powerful and it's unexpected and it's wild. And this is an opportunity to kind of come back to our center and reclaim. And so once we have an experience like an empowered birth, then all of those other moments that we're talking about postpartum and in motherhood, we can reclaim those too, because we recognize like, oh, this is, this is empowerment. Like this is what life is. Does that make sense? Oh my God. You just got me so excited. (laughs) Yes. I love the, the micro macro, you know, as above, so below, because you are so right. Like when I was talking about honoring and honoring birth, it's like, yeah, honoring life. Like the mundane is the most sacred thing. It's what we have. It's our, our day-to-day experience. Like I'm not talking about some spiritual guru floating God in the sky. I'm just talking about what we experience and how, you know, potentially, transformative and beautiful it can become when we start to to acknowledge just that sort of up and down wild ride as the journey itself and when we honor birth when we honor you know pregnancy when we honor death when we honor all these things we really truly are just honoring life and we really are just engaging in what it means to be alive we're just awakening to that which what a gift yes what a gift oh this is this is the most exciting conversation. Rachel, I would love to hear, you know, as we're kind of closing up your thoughts on what, I mean, obviously I, I know that this is so important to you honoring these rites of passage, but so as a mother who is pregnant right now, what are her steps? What, what would you recommend that she do to begin to prepare? Well, besides take my course, um, <laughs> I we will know, link it. <laughs> yeah, we will definitely link it. Um, I am hoping to train more practitioners so that this is something that a lot of midwives, a lot of doulas are offering, and it's just more accessible, but there is a self-guided version online. Um, so my first, you know, recommendation is, is to just think about the difference between 
having just this sort of humdrum, you know, you can have normal medical hospital care if that makes you feel safe, but just considering that there are, there is another layer that you can choose to, to approach this time with and sort of what you were saying before, like, this is the most important thing to you. Why not blow that out? Why not take full advantage of, of how big of a deal it is for you when you're pregnant and your journey and your individualized you know, story about what this pregnancy means to you, um, just considering that there are other ways to approach it besides, you know, and, and as well as just, you know, checking on pregnancy symptoms or maybe just planning a home birth. I think planning a home birth is, is an awesome step in the direction of choosing to really guide, um, and be in your own space, it kind of brings in that idea that this is your birth. It's like, okay, it's so much your birth that you're going to do it at your house (laughs) if you can. Um, So obviously I think that that's a great step, but I do think that this work is for everybody. And if you're open to considering that this time is powerful and you want to go deeper, um, just really being willing to unpack some of the baggage that you're carrying around. I mean, I know that sounds like it's not really all that simple. It's kind of complex, um, but there's a lot of ways that you can go into healing. Um, so that would be my main recommendation is just considering, you know, doing deeper healing work while you're pregnant. Um, and it doesn't have to be with me. It can be with your psychologist or your therapist or a healer that, you know, in the community, or it could be a completely self-directed journey where you go into some of your wounding patterns and find a modality that works for you. Um, and really, really think about this time as like the most powerful time for you to make changes. Mm -hmm. They talk about, you know, pregnancy being the time when women make the most changes in diet in quitting smoking, you know, and stopping bad habits. It's the same thing. It's just bringing it into the holistic sort of nature of, okay, well, you want to be a better person. You want to be more healthy in your mind, your body, your spirit. So take some steps in that direction and really prioritize your self-care and your, and your mental health and your spiritual health. Um, and that is a great way to treat pregnancy as more than just, um, a medical event. Mm -hmm. Yes. And I kind of goes back to the very beginning where we talked about how, you know, this is a birthright or this is a rite of passage for you. Yes. And also for your baby. And so making those changes, it's, it's, it's just encouraging and helping both of you on this amazing journey. I, oh, I just love that so much. Ah, me too. I'm so passionate. I'm so excited to have this work, um, be available to more people than just the ones that live in my area. Um, because it is, it's available online. We have a beautiful, um, video modules and everything just kind of really outlined very clearly in terms of rituals and ceremonies and little practices to help you integrate the work. Um, and you can do it while you're receiving any care from any provider. You don't have to just be working with me or, you know, um, it's a great supplemental, you know, supplement. It's like a supplement, like a prenatal vitamin, but it's more focused on holistic. Rachel, I will put it in the show notes, but would you mind going ahead and letting people know where they can find that, where they can find more information about you and get connected? Absolutely. So you can find um, the course website is elementalbirthrights.com. And there is a lot of awesome free content on there. There's a really fun quiz where you can find out your support element for pregnancy and birth and mothering. 
um, as well as, um, yeah, there's a lot of free content. And then the course is available through that as well. We have a private Facebook group called Reclaiming Pregnancy and Birth as a Rites of Passage, which is private, but all you have to do is answer several questions to join into the discussions. Um, I go over a lot of the information and we have a lot of great questions and discussions and community support going on in there. Um, and then as well as that, we have an Instagram page for elemental birth rights. And then I have my local elementalmidwifery.com website, which is also linked to the birth rights site. So those are all the places where you can find this work and um, really excited to hopefully support some of your listeners. Oh, thank you so much, Rachel. This has been such an illuminating conversation. I know that there are going to be so many mothers whose minds are just blown in the best way right now. So thank you so much for taking the time. Thank you so much for bringing all of this wisdom. It was such an honor to have you on the Happy Home Birth Podcast. I feel the same way. Thank you so much, Caitlin. You asked such great questions and this was such a fun conversation. Wasn't that powerful? I just love speaking with someone who has both intense passion and insight, and that's exactly what Rachel brought to this conversation. As we head into this week's episode roundup, let's go over a few of these incredible topics. Number one, I promise I didn't pay Rachel to talk about this, but the topic just keeps coming up and I know it's vitally important. The concept that we can choose not to feel like victims of our birthing experiences. We can ready ourselves for the balancing act of both birth preparation and feminine wildness, and we can positively claim our birth stories no matter the specifics of how they unfold. Number two, I love the concept of honoring these rites of passage in order to more deeply appreciate the beauty in our day-to-day -day being, the element of presence in each moment. Wow, it just adds such depth to every experience, both big and small. And finally, unpack your baggage. I love the emphasis Rachel puts on finding a way that works for you to heal yourself in pregnancy. You know, gestation, it's such a time of transformation already. Adding this highly important work of healing only makes sense in such a time, and it seems to reason that our minds are already in a place of willingness to take on such a task. As she mentioned, there are so many ways we can approach healing, so find what works best for you. Counseling, Rachel's course, self-directed. During my second pregnancy, I found such great healing and fear release through something as simple as reading the Psalms. But whatever you choose, set the intention to heal those wounds, and I know the results will overwhelm you. So there you have it, my friends. What a lovely and helpful conversation. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. I know you did. Be sure to go check out Rachel's website and course and get to healing. That's all I've got for you today. I look forward to seeing you back here next week. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Are you looking to extend the home birth support, encouragement, and education? Join us in our Facebook group, Happy Home Birth Podcast Community, and check us out on Instagram at Happy Home Birth Podcast.